I want to thank all of our listeners for several years of dedicated and loyal listening throughout the Halo Talks 400 podcast completed to date. We're going to 1,000 by 2024. If you're so inclined, we'd love to have you go to iTunes for us, fill out a review so we can keep this podcast rolling globally. We are now on Chartable's top lists and moving up the charts. Also, if you want to educate yourself in the new year, please go to thehaloacademy.com. Take a look at what we've done with 150 executives in the Halo sector to get them smarter, get them prepared for capital raises, and also more winning. Thanks. Have a great season. Let's go. Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of bringing a fellow chief. I'm the chief dream architect and I have the chief sales evangelist, Donald Kelly, coming from West Palm Beach. He is going to teach us how to infuse sales back into our culture. Talk about his top 29 rating on the Salesforce Influencer 2022. I think I made the top 29,000. And Donald, welcome to your first Halo Talks. Pete, I'm excited to be here, man. Thank you so much for having me and for uh, deciding to to bring me into the to the community. Yeah, you know what's going on in our industry right now is I'm sure you could appreciate is everyone's got to kind of do a grand reopening of their business. Given that COVID, yeah. we lost a lot of members. We're trying to bring them back. Some of these companies that are out there have never really had to go through a pre-sale because they opened it and they will come as a field of dreams, if you will. And when we had that quick halt. A lot of people change their routines, and now these companies that have their employees coming back or part of their employees coming back to the to the business are not necessarily have the DNA of being, you know, a, a sales specialist or even like asking the right questions or going through the right process. So, talk about your journey. You know, you read a lot of books. You were trying to get better at this, and then you realized, like, hey, there's not a really good playbook out there. I've just got to create my own playbook <laughs> and educate everybody else. So, talk about yeah. how that happened and kind of where you got to now and then, you know, how in demand you are because sales is the lifeblood of most companies. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more. One of the things that I have come to realize is that every, the, the most effective organizations, they all have the pedigree uh, that everyone in organizations in sales. I mean, if it's somebody, even if it's like a brick and mortar with like a cashier at the front, um, all the way down to like up to the executive, if you can have that sales, that sales mentality, it's going to permeate and have that permeate that organization. It's going to be a very, very well oiled, successful company. And here's one of the reasons why passion is critical because if you have people on your team who don't believe in what you're doing, then why are they even on your team? Everyone that's on that in that organization should be so passionate about it, even if they don't desire to go out and knock on doors or go call people and tell them about it. They should be willing to be those evangelists, so to speak, with anyone they meet about that company. So I think that's first off that that is critical to help establish that, especially as we're coming back and open up back our doors. Now, my philosophy and the things that I've gained, my experience go back from, I grew up in Jamaica as a kid. And one of the things that I did was everyone in Jamaica was selling. Like you're, I mean, the economy is a third world country, right? So you got to figure out a way to survive. And education is great, but the problem is you don't have a lot of jobs. So people just start creating businesses. So entrepreneurship became a way of life for many of us. And I would see my dad and my mom and my relatives. And that that kind of helped me as I continued down my path. I eventually got into um, 
B2C sales, business to consumer sales in college. I sold, um, the first thing I sold was Dish Network over the phone. Then I got into Timeshare. So getting people to go to Timeshare meetings and meet with the sharks, what we call them. From there, I got yeah. into doing door-to-door security. I became a server at a restaurant, was one of the top servers there. And all of these customer service skills were helpful for when I went into the technology world and started selling technology to um, to, to individuals and to governments. And then finally, um, to got into software and managed IT services. And I did a, started a software uh, gig with the knowledge of how can I, you know, I took everything that I was learning from my, uh, my, my college years and in my early start of my career, and when I started getting into the business, the business to business sales, and I just found that I got kicked in the face, Pete. Like I got kicked in the face yeah. selling to one market versus going jumping into this bigger market, selling to some of these bigger companies. I had a really hard time. And that's where you came from with this idea of like, what did I do? So I started to just, I read books. I started to listen to podcasts. I started to read video, uh, read YouTube, uh, watch YouTube videos. And, um, it just came down to that I needed to, you needed to act. Um, and I started to act. And unfortunately, I did find a training program um, that was able to help put me on the right path. And then from there, I just started piecing stuff together that I saw worked from different individuals. And it led to me to be one of the top performers in a company I was working with. So, you know, I, I've been in sales roles, you know, my whole life. Maybe I don't have the sales yeah. title on it. But what I've learned, you know, incoming and outcoming is, if you're so passionate about the product or service personally, and you can evoke that kind of passion about what you have and how it can help someone else, you know, there might be different ways of presenting that to different audiences. So as you yeah. go in and kind of diagnose, like, here's a sales prospect and use whatever example you want, you know, there might be somebody that says, hey, I've got these frustrations and here's how it's going to be solved. I'm spending this much money. You can spend, you know, half of that money. Um, I'm going to save you time. So what have been some of the, you know, the key takeaways or, you know, is there kind of like um, you get to like an inflection point and then you're like, all right, by the time I know everything that I need to know by qualifying this lead, I know I got to go frustration route. I, I got to go, you know, an Excel analysis. I got to go, you know, you know, more qualitative versus quantitative. So how do you get to that decision point? And how does the, how does your playbook kind of like roll out from there? Yeah, great question. Um, what if, if I, if I understand it correctly, like I feel like the inflection point comes when you're um, like in, in our, in most processes, many sales processes going to start off with them doing the you know, initial conversation, whether that's from cold outreach, like you said, or inbound, um, you then you have that discovery call. You might bring other people a part of that process that's going to help make the decision. Um, and then obviously you're going to, you know, going for the, you're going to do the close. Maybe you present your solution um, on a separate call or maybe it's the same call. And then, you know, obviously go for the close. I think the, the, if I understand correctly, the inflection point, like where does that magic really start happening? Where does the, exactly. the transition come from? Um, I think the, the critical component is the discovery. Um, and here's the reason why I feel so. Uh, many people can talk to you about the features and benefits of their solutions. They can talk to you all day about you know, how it was made and so forth. But the hardest thing that they have is helping to establish a bridge between the value that that solution has to what you need or to the, the, the problem that you're facing. So I find it that if you, the, 
I find the discovery as the critical part. I tell people that the close begins in the discovery. Sometimes people yeah. want to wait till the very end and they try to do discounts and try to do all these old-fashioned things like Ben Franklin close and all this garbage. And I'm like, no, if you can't do a great discovery, you're not going to close. And a discovery just needs to be it, it needs to be a, a point by the time you get down to the closing, it should be just more of a natural conversation to say, okay, what's the best option for us? How do we move forward? You know, how do we pay for this thing? Um, or, yeah. or whatnot. So, but that, that critical component is a discovery. Yeah. You know, when you look at the health club industry uh, as you know, that's basically like the core business that, that we're in, yeah. that we help advise, um, some companies have a really good script set up that says, okay, I want you to, you know, Walk them around the club. As you're walking yep. around the club, I want you to ask them these key qualifying questions. Um, when they get back around and you get to the desk, like I want you to know a certain amount, and then I want you to figure out, like, here's the three membership options. They're going to try and shoehorn you into each one of these. <laughs> I've seen people that are naturally doing discovery where it feels like I'm just getting to know you, and it's a conversation. Mm. And I've seen people on a Zoom not naming names who like sound like they're reading <laughs> off of like a checklist, you know? And it's like, dude, you're not gonna, you're not, this is not like, you're not creating, we're not creating a relationship here by you like qualifying me by like, how many clients do you have? And how do you currently position your, yeah, you know, it's like, talk to me like I'm a human, right? Yeah. And try to become friends with me. And then once you become friends, then I, then you can ask your qualifying questions in a conversation. So what have you seen as either a, a technique or a, a built skill set to create that human interaction that feels natural, but at the same time, like I'm on a discovery mission. Yeah. I think the biggest component there is, um, I, it's preparation before the call or before the visit. Right. So let's say somebody's coming into your, into your, your health club like this. I, I can't believe people don't do this so much, but if you send an inbound lead, you sign up to come on my side to come in, I'm going to go look at your Instagram. I'm going to look at your Facebook. Those are easily public information. And then yeah. you could take that because everybody reveals everything. I don't care if it's your grandma, everybody's on Facebook at least, or they had been or Instagram. So I'm going to go up there and see what you're posting. I mean, you're talking about something about your dog, talking about your health, um, talking about, you know, like, you know, post COVID trying to get back in, you know, get back in line, whatever that is. But then I can use that. I might say, you know, Hey Pete, um, you know, and, and one of the things I know that a lot of people are trying to get focused on right now is, you know, getting back in line, getting back in shape. Um, how is that important to you right now? But it's, it, again, it's me having a conversation. It's going to resonate with you. Or I might say, Hey Pete, I'm, you know, one of the things that I did, I, I like to be prepared for the conversation and people that I meet with. So I did go on LinkedIn and I see that, or look, did go on a, you know, Facebook. And I saw that you have a, you know, golden retriever, um, that's pretty awesome, man. I uh, we're thinking about getting a dog myself right now. My family. Why did you guys select a golden retriever? You know what I mean? Yeah. Have a conversation yeah. about something that I matters to you. But what, when I yeah. when I can have a conversation something that matters to you, especially in a personal sale like this, what starts to happen is like crap. Well, they're they they care that much about me that they're willing to do the small thing. Then what are they going to do when I'm when you know when we have issues, big issues in the in the with my membership or or whatnot? This shows that they're going to be willing to take care from me from that standpoint. And people, when people start revealing things about themselves and start going, you know, opening up their personal door towards you, like you said, that's where you feel you make that genuine connection. And here's the other part about that too, Pete. Once you do that, then you could ask them anything. Right. Because right. now when we've exactly. made that personal connection, I might, you know, I like to tell people, I like to look at the ways that we can eliminate the, 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 why people wouldn't do something. So I might say, you know, Pete, there's so many other health clubs out there, but why in the world did you choose ours today? Right. 
why'd you choose to come check us out? You know, Donald, the real reason I came, man, because you guys had a great deal. Then I love, this is one of the key questions I love to ask. Is there anything else? Well, besides the deal, one of my friends work out here or, you know, with you guys, and he mentioned that you guys do this and do that. Um, tell me a little bit more why that's so important to you, man. Um, but it's me yeah. just having that little, making making them the the highlight rather than me talking about my product and service. But by me doing that, essentially they're telling me how to sell to them. His friends here, right, exactly. he likes how exactly. this thing works and he's so forth. So what I'm doing because it got a coupon to yeah. like or discount, like he's value driven, right? It's not bad. We marked it. We marketed it. We might as well get him in, right? And when yeah. I do that tour now. I'm going to hit on all of those things that matter to you the most. Be like, hey, I know you're a pet friendly, so we actually have a spot here. If you do bring your pet in, they can, you know, they can chill right here. Um, and then also your friend. One of the other things too, if you, you know, we have a, we, I don't know if you're competitive as much as I am, but it seems like you have a friend here. But we have a leaderboard that goes blah blah blah. You know, who's doing blah blah blah. But you're you're yeah, using smart. things at that point in your tour that they care about because I've been on I've been on those tours and I've given those tours at different organizations where it was all about like you know giving what I felt was important rather than what the the individual needed. And sometimes you may have 30 things on your tour that you want to point out, but bro, I probably just need five things. Focus on those five things and give me that and then I'm good to go. You know what I mean? And I'm then I'm more than yeah. willing to make that investment. I got to I got to tell you this quick story here. It's one of one of my best friends and a guy who runs a company called Promotion Vault. He used to be the top sales guy in Venice Beach at the World Gym. And uh his, his oh, nice. name is Brian Mitchell. And I said, "Hey man, what was like your what was like your script? Or what was like your shtick?" And he said, "What I would do is I'd bring someone into the the club, they'd come in and I would inevitably get to the dumbbell section and 80% of people <laughs> that join a health club want to lose weight, right? So they'd say, you know, uh Brian would say to, to Donald, hey Donald, you know what are you trying to achieve here? Like while we're at the dumbbell section, like yeah, hey, I want to I want to lose twenty five pounds. So like, do me a favor, man, pick up the twenty five pound dumbbell, and he would basically walk around the club until Donald said, "Hey Brian, do you mind if I put this twenty five pound dumbbell down? It's it's kind of heavy." He's like, "You know, much better. You're gonna feel when you lose twenty five pounds." And bam, that was like Ooh. that was the close right there because like that shit's heavy, dude, and you're walking around with an extra twenty five, <laughs> right? So like now, how are you gonna feel? And it was kind of became like that aha moment of like, all right, that's that. Now I get it. Now I feel it. Now I know what you're talking about. And now I believe that you could get these 25 pounds off for me if you're the Let's authority go. on this. Right. So let me ask you I one question. It. I had to get that story sure. out because I know you probably like it. Um, when you talk about like closing someone, right, that feels like a 1980s, like used car dealership term. And mm -hmm. the future of, of, of strong recurring revenue businesses is building a community, bringing someone into a pseudo cult. You know, I wear the soul cycle shirt, <laughs> you know, I go to soul cycle five, six days a week, you know, you, you go take a soul yeah. cycle class ever. I mean, this thing no, is I'm like, not. Oh man. So, you know, it's high intensity cycling and it's got some Zen to it. It kind of represents like my nightclub behavior at a certain point in my life. That's been a long time ago, yeah. like three weeks ago. No, like 10 years ago, you know, when I used to go to a nightclub, so I get the dancing and, uh, you know, the, the music I get, you know, um, you know, the entertainment. So it's instead of drinking alcohol, you're drinking water and you're in this, you know, live <laughs> concert effectively. And it's also kind of like yeah. my Zen, like my synagogue, if you will. Right. So it covers those sure. three things. So if I'm going to bring someone in to this experience, I don't, do I want to use the word like, Someone closing Donald, they're like, yo, we closed Pete on a 10-pack. We closed him on a membership. Or should the narrative be like, hey, we just convinced 
you know, this person who's got the same type of DNA of being like a type A and being an athlete and a weekend warrior, he's now part of our community or he's like, we now have like a real relationship. How do these, how do words matter to you? And how do you kind of craft your sales narrative to make sure that my salespeople are speaking my language, they're not speaking a cutthroat language that isn't, I'm not treating people like they're a credit card. I'm treating people like they're a human. Yeah, 100%. No, I use the word close because it's a very common language in which people understand like what we might what I mean by that. But each company may have their different terminology. In our system, we use conversion. So like we help somebody to convert into one of our programs or and it's not so much we help, you know, we help them, but the goal is I define selling as helping people to convince themselves for something that's in their best interest. And uh, you know, it's it's not if you convince me to do something, there's an issue on that because Jeffrey Gittimer says people love to buy, but they hate to be sold. And I think he borrowed that from someone. Uh, but the, the concept, though, is like it's so true. I love to buy. But if you tell me that I was, you know, I, you know, if I tell you that I was sold this shirt or sold this membership, there's a high probability that I might return or cancel because I wasn't engaged or a part of that. But if you can meet somebody that says I became a member, I joined, I'm a part of. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, whatever the term is for soul cycle, I'm a soul cyclist now. Um, like that person, yeah. they're part, they feel that they made that decision. So either way, I mean, in my, in my usage of that, it was just a, you know, to explain, but the point though, like in, when, in the working with a client would never use that term of, you know, you're closed. I would use the term of, you know, like, welcome to the community. We're excited to have yeah. you in a part yeah. of TSC. We say, you know, we're excited to have you a part of the TSC team or TSC family. Um, so they feel like they're coming into our community um, where they get a chance to, to be, a, you know, learn from us. So it's so you, interesting the, you say that. Yeah. It's, I got to tell you one other thing that goes on in the industry let's do because it, man. you need to I love know your this. stories, by uh, the way. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. No problem. I got, I got a lot of them, dude. I tell people experience is what you get when you don't get what you want. So I got stories pretty, pretty much for everything right now. And I'm not afraid to share any of them. Um, but one of the things that, that you know, when, when you get onboarded into one of our clients or a franchisor, you do like a sales training or, or you know, mm -hmm. a motivational speech or what have you. One of the things that I've seen in a lot of companies, which is crazy to me, is They'll have a, a sales number for the month and then they'll have a net sales yeah. number because in every state, if I go and sign a contract, you know, for consumer protection laws that I have the right to cancel my membership, like within the first seven days, or if I buy a franchise yeah. from a company, I have the right to not, there's a, there's a cooling down period basically to make mm -hmm. sure that the, the purchaser is comfortable and has had, had time to think through whether they really want to make that decision. And there's a number of health clubs that I've seen that it would have, you know, I sold a thousand memberships this month and like 250 out of that thousand, like netted to only 750 something. And they must have the most hardcore sales process that 25% of the people are coming back and saying like, I didn't want to buy this. I got forced to buy it. And that's like, yeah. that's a big problem because that not only affects your return on time, Right. And your sales commissions. But there's obviously something inherently wrong with your culture, you know, that might go back to like the timeshare days, you know, way back when I'm sure you're the most ethical timeshare guy. But like, you know, they put you in a room and then the sales manager comes out. It's like, you know, you know, like an office, you know, a sitcom episode. Right. So when you kind of go in and diagnose like what's wrong with this sales team or what's wrong with the culture, what are some of the things that you uncover that you're like, ah, I get what they're doing or. 
like they're trying to jerry rig like the software for commissions or they're trying to generate more cash or like you, you, there's like what what are some of the tells that you find like i i seen this movie before i know what they're doing yeah you know um i think one of the the easy ones go back to what you're saying you know like they the the whole manager stuff whenever somebody tell me that crap i'm like bro i already i see the writing on the walls you know i want to see if we can do this or i need to talk to i need to go do this like no 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 you're, you're trying to trick everyone knows like there's a buffer that people have when they're you know what there's with their packages right so you can either do um like, uh, you know, maybe like a, a Delta of like, you know, 10% in, in there, it's going to obviously tie back to that individual commission. Um, but they try to use that. The other one that I see is when I did door to door security sales to consumer, I found out you never have to pay an activation fee, an activation fee, or those administrative fees were always type of, uh, you know, little, um, little swindle. So they might say, yeah, you know, we can waive our activation fee. Like, bro, that is a bogus number in the first place. <laughs> or, you know, yeah, things of that nature. That was, that was meant to be given away, you say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah come yeah. on. This is, you're, you're trying to hustle me with that one. Um, and and I, I think it, it just, you can, most people can sniff them out. I mean, there's so many of them that you can, you know, sniff them out that you know it's not there. But I think it goes back to the top of the conversation where we have, when people are genuine with you, you're, you know, you're, you start to, you know, you recognize that they're true, truly trying to help you um and then this idea yeah. though i did uh when i did door-to-door security the way that we commission worked on this pete was that you would get money um say it's like 450 dollars or 400 let's just keep around number 400 for a security system right um if you as a commission so you get about three two hundred dollars up front and then on the back end you'll get about another two or you get 300 and you know uh whatever 250 and then you get the balance to 150 on, on the back end and that's like six months later and it was always fascinating to me to see that a lot of people you know who got those clients who didn't get a lot a big back end check because of the fact is like you said they were just doing some kind of hustle or some kind of like uh you know tricky trickery to get someone to sign they folks they forced them based on fear rather than based on uh, you know a desire to change um or you know to to uh, you know the benefit the value that a person was going to get and i i I just can't operate like that It's, it's for me it's one it's unethical and then two it's my my words and my uh, commitment matters. So if I give somebody that commitment that I'm going to help you, that I want to help you, that you're going to sign up, I don't want to lose that on the back end. I want you to change. I want your life to be better. If you're trying to you know improve your health, come on, man. That's that's a that's a personal yeah. thing. And uh, you know if we can, because that gives the industry a bad name. It's not only given me a bad name. It's now that person may not want to go into another health club because they're going to feel that that they're going to get that, even if there's no relation to me. But that now we're impacting that person's health and a person's livelihood. So it's it's personally commitment, a personal committed. I'm personally committed in all my actions to be able to make sure that I'm being the a representation not only of myself but of my industry and of my legacy that I'm trying to establish. And that comes from me just really wanting to help people. And Pete, one of the best way to help somebody is may not even be being helping them right now, because if you're yeah. not a good fit for our for our club, you know, why would I try to force you into doing it? Maybe I say, you know what, Donald, yeah, it sounds like you got a lot going on right now. I think it's best for you to look at doing, you know, ease off on doing this and then let's plan to come back when, you know, get through this family crisis or get through this health yeah. problem or, or maybe, you know, they're trying to do something else. They, you know, might say, you know, our health club is probably not going to be the best fit for you. I have a friend who has a Pilates studio. Maybe that's going to be the best thing for you to focus on right now based on what you're yeah. trying to do. Um, yeah. I mean, people that do that, I mean, the, the amount of credibility that you earn by actually right? being able to say no, it's like paramount that they, when they do want to come back, you know, you don't have to sell them 
or you don't even have to educate them because they already trust you, you know, that, that you helped them make the right decision. So, um, look, man, welcome to the industry. In closing yeah. here, we usually keep these podcasts to, so people can run or walk around the block in 25 minutes. So we're hitting <laughs> our, our time, and we got a lot of knowledge here. Um, you, know, you got any quotes that you live by or quotes that you've uh, developed over time uh, or any you know takeaway? And then we'll have in the show notes how we get Donald to your club or to your convention uh, yeah. uh, once we post. Appreciate it. There's two. One of them that I, I kind of came up with um, – the idea is that in order to be successful, do the opposite of what everyone else is doing. And I feel that sometimes people, they, uh, this part comes from, I think it was Zig Ziglar said, you are born an original, don't die a copy. Um, I always give credit back to Zig if I can't figure it out, but, (laughs) but you know, I feel that sometimes too often, you know, we, we try to do something and be exactly like other people. We share some insights today. You know, I may give you some things to help you get inspired and get motivated or, or whatnot. But the point, though, you need to take it and make it you. You can't copy Donald. You can't copy Pete. You can't copy Lisa. Don't be exactly like us, but take the idea and be you. You have so much. You're, you're an original. And the other part to this, too, is that I find that many people, especially right now, when people are coming back and you find that people are coming back to health clubs and they're reopening, and numbers may not be as high as when they were pre-COVID, but he, listen to this. You created this organization. You have this franchise. You are helping build the change people's life. And you didn't come this far to only come this far. And it's something that I tell myself all the time. When I find myself in a difficult moment, I'm like, did I come this far after all these years of building this company? Is this where I'm dying? And it's like, no, I got more to give. I got more to do. There's so much more to accomplish. So we didn't come this far to come to only come this far. If it's, And this could go into your health too. You're working out. You're running that three miles. Did you come this far to only come three miles? You probably got another mile in you. Let's do it. Let's go. Put another rep in there. So anyways, that's what gets me fired up, man. Love it. Well, that, that's awesome. So um, I'm going to have to get your cell phone number. And then when I have a bad day, I'm going to be like texting you. I'm going to be like, Donald, what, what do you need? And you could have like a copy and paste be like, have you come this far to come this far? And like caps and exclamation points, throw a couple emojis in there and then go halo. So let's go. I like it. Let's I go. like it a lot. All right, man. So we'll get this podcast up. We'll meet in person. We'll get you into our uh, community. And when people need sales training, which they clearly need because it's the lifeblood of, blood of this business. You know, we'll, we'll get to DK and, uh, and get you on point. So <laughs> good to have you on board, man. And uh, thanks for taking the time. Appreciate it. Thank you, Pete.